Ready for season two of Manifest? I'm Jeff Rake, and I'm teasing all the twists and turns to come for the passengers of Flight 828. Why did Michaela make the choice to save Zeke? And what can fans expect from this love triangle moving forward? Well, it's always been my intention that we forever throw moral dilemmas at Michaela. From the very beginning, she has been a flawed character trying to overcome the psychic wounds of the past and to make herself whole. And the opportunities to make herself whole are intrinsically tied to ethical dilemmas that continue to arise in her life, right? So that final moment of season one, uh, when she finds herself literally between Jared and Zeke, is the culmination of really the back half of, of season one, the rise of Zeke, the tension that existed between Jared and Michaela because of Zeke. And Jared for Michaela represents the past. Zeke for Michaela represents the present and what she believes to be her destined future. So in the moment when Michaela found herself caught in between these two guys, and then she, of course, gets, gets hit with the bullet, her guttural instinct in the moment is to protect the guy who she believes the universe has paired her with, and that's Zeke. Part and parcel of that is the fact that she never blamed Zeke for any of the bad things that were happening to her in the, you know, in the back half of season one, nor did she blame him, as we saw in the season two premiere, for her getting shot, notwithstanding the fact that, you know, he was arguably complicit in that. So whatever she believes about that moment, she doesn't believe that he had any bad intentions, that he would ever want to do her any harm. So she did the right thing, and that was to protect him. And that ends up launching a nearly a season-long arc in season two in which she is protecting Zeke, and Jared is arguably standing in the way of that. The Stone family has discovered their death date. Will this be a driving force in season two? And are there any other new mysteries you can tease? Yeah, so the death date is really a fundamental story driver in season two. That's how we get out of the season one finale and how we get into season two. So right there in the season two opener, we see Ben out there in the world trying to collect information, trying to reach as many passengers as possible, all trying to put puzzle pieces together, right? He is convinced that this whole idea of the death date is something to be solved, And uh, throughout the season, we will have a much clearer sense of whether the death date can be beaten, if you will, can be solved, and if so, what that looks like. And, uh, you know, that drives a lot of collateral story along the way. Obviously, there's a lot of other things going on in the season, but mythologically, that is a core story driver. And by the way, that carpe diem mentality that is created when you know you only have a limited time to live, that continues to drive us beyond season two. And, uh, you know, the stakes will will rise as as we get, you know, deeper into series. What can fans expect from the callings as the season progresses, and how will they change? So the callings start to evolve in the top of season two, and what we will start to see and already have begun seeing in the season two premiere is the ability for our heroes to be able to 
kind of have a cognizant moment with each other, even inside the calling. So right there in the season two opener, right in the beginning, uh, we see Michaela and Ben, but, but in particular, Michaela and Cal have a moment, right? They kind of have a cognizant exchange. They're speaking to each other inside the calling, and therefore the callings become somewhat more situational where uh, multiple characters can be in an environment together and communicate with each other inside the calling, and then once they're outside the calling, use that shared bond and that shared information to try to decipher what that calling was about and how that's going to impact the story of the episode and the story of the season. So uh, as I've said, that kind of starts with a bang in the season two opener, and that will evolve throughout the season. So in episodes 202, 203, 204, and beyond, particularly coming to uh, a climax of sorts or a pre-climax of sorts when we get to 206, as we'll see more and more passengers become part of this shared calling that connects to the airplane itself, that connects to flight 828 itself. And uh, there is what I would describe as a mid-season climax that will occur in episode 207 that becomes a serious game changer and helps all of the passengers overcome obstacles that they share in terms of dealing with each other. You know, there's a lot of strife and tension that will exist in the front half of the season, but the crisis of 207 will be so great that the passengers will have no choice but to put their conflict aside in order to come together. And these shared callings are a big part of that and how the passengers deal with not only these shared callings, but their respective callings in general will continue to evolve and devolve throughout the season. Sambi in particular is someone who kind of goes down her own rabbit hole in regard to the callings in season two for better and worse, I would say. Speak to the new passengers and how they might fit into the larger mystery of the series. Yeah, well, in the season two opener, we meet a couple of new passengers, the Vasics, and um, this couple were on the plane. They have this incredible freak out because they don't understand the callings, and that almost sends them to the point where they're going to take their own lives. And thankfully, Ben and Michaela are there in time to stop that from happening. So there will be other incidents, not exactly parallel to that, but in the spirit of that, that Ben and Michaela and others will encounter throughout the season. We will meet another passenger later in the season who, in his mind, holds himself responsible for the flight disappearing in the first place. We will meet a character, another guy whose romantic life was kind of destroyed, he comes to realize, by way of the calling and has an opportunity through the callings to find, if not romantic fulfillment, familial fulfillment, if you will, in the form of an unexpected reunion with someone that he had met before the flight. That's a some long-winded, ambiguous tease, but that will pay off in or around episode uh, 206. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to meet a young, I didn't say young before, I'll, I'll tease that right now, though passengers who uh, pop up throughout the season come up in all shapes and sizes and ages. So by now, if you're listening to this, you probably saw in the trailer for episode 202, the second 
episode of season two, we're going to meet this young guy from the flight, and he's lost his family, uh, just like uh, other passengers, due to uh, his disappearance and return, finds himself all alone in the world, and uh, the Stone family kind of comes to his rescue of sorts. A bond will form uh, between him and Ben. A different kind of bond will form between him and Olive. That's a real spoiler alert. And he becomes a really important mythological part of our story and will work side by side with Ben and Olive and others to really peel the onion on the mythology of season two. Save the Passengers, this concept that we introduce right away in the season two opener, becomes a frequent refrain that we lean on throughout the first half of the season. And what we come to realize is that it's a refrain that means all things to all people. It ends up paying off episodically as Ben, Michaela, and others continue to find themselves kind of put right in the midst of standalone drama, right? Like episodic standalone crises that they will encounter in regard to new passengers. But also that idea of save the passengers has collective meaning. Uh, They will discover that it comes to speak to all of the passengers, both in regard to the death date, and that will therefore be playing out throughout the entirety of the season, but also in regard to this brewing, calling-related mystery that grows deeper and deeper and the stakes grow higher and higher as we build towards this mid-season finale that I've been referring to. How will Grace's pregnancy play a role in season two? Uh, So the fact that Grace was pregnant and we discovered that at the end of season one, obviously threw a major wrench into the relationship drama side of our story. Uh, we left the audience in season one wondering about whether or not, you know, this was Ben's baby, whether this was Danny's baby. And, uh, you know, we're going to get the answer to that in the next episode. If you're listening to this between episode one and episode two, of season two, you're going to get the answer in the next episode. And the way the audience will learn the news is as interesting, uh, perhaps, as the news itself. There'll be long-lasting implications that pay off throughout the season. Ultimately, whether or not this is Ben's kid, and I'm not going to give that away uh, in this conversation, but what I can say is that Ben and Grace will find a way to grow closer together. And it's a pact that they make right there in the first episode of season two, no matter what, they're going to make sure that the issue of paternity is not going to get in the way of their relationship. While season one saw so much, you know, strife and conflict between Ben and Grace, season two allows that relationship to really solidify. Um, We're going to see Grace in a whole new light. I'm well aware that Grace was a very controversial figure out there in the social media community in season one. And uh, I know that there are the Grace lovers and the Grace haters out there. I, for one, am a Grace lover. And uh, I understand why people, you know, couldn't connect with Grace in season one. She was an outsider. She wasn't on the plane. She wasn't along the ride for the callings during season one. And uh, in season two, I think the audience is going to find new ways to buy into Grace's journey and find new ways to relate to her as a character. What role will the Believers and Xers have in season two? What impact will they have? 
So the Believers and the Xers really both blow up in interesting ways in season two. So to remind everyone, the Believers, you know, started as this very modest church created by Adrian, one of the passengers. And, you know, we saw his numbers start to increase by the end of the season. Uh, we saw some darkness start to occur by the end of the season as certain deluded passengers, namely uh, Alice back in uh, season one, episode 14, decided that the power of Flight 828 had supernatural consequences and, you know, could be used for otherworldly results, such as to save a dying person. And, uh, that idea of whether or not the passengers have supernatural abilities, you know, whether God or a godlike force has been responsible for the passengers' return, and whether or not there are religious consequences with a capital R in regard to the passengers' return becomes really important to, to season two. We're going to watch Adrian and the Church of the Believers really explode in size. They have much snazzier digs in season two. The numbers have really ballooned. It's a big deal that has really um, captivated the imagination, not only of a lot of New Yorkers, but we'll come to discover, you know, a lot of people uh, out there in the world. And a lot of people are finding hope and faith in it, including at least one member of the Stone family, spoiler alert. And uh, and at the same time, the flip side of that is that as the, the Church of the Believers grows in size and grows in power, so too do those out there in the world who at the least are skeptical and suspicious of the passengers and at the worst, those who, you know, are of the belief that the A-2-8ers are equivalent to some kind of menace to society, i.e. the Xers, their numbers are just going to balloon accordingly, right? So, so as the Church of the Believers and those who are devoted to the idea of the passengers' balloons, so too do the haters. So we're going to see those groups both balloon in size. In season one, the Xers were represented on screen by this guy named Cody, who was a mechanic who was kind of running his own little extra hate group out of the back of his, you know, mechanic shop in the outer boroughs uh, of New York City. It's a much bigger deal and a much more menacing deal in season two. Uh, we're going to see that the Xers have become much more of an organized following. They have a much greater social media presence. Uh, they have an unexpectedly uh, savvy and worldly character spearheading uh, this hate group in season two. I'm not going to reveal who that is because it's going to come as somewhat of a surprise. But these two forces, the Church of the Believers on the one hand and the Exers on the other side, are going to be front and center for the Stone family as they try to navigate their own safety throughout the season. And just to throw another spoiler out there, not only does that impact the Stone family, but Jared, who kind of exists in his own left field world as Michaela's spurned love interest and as her partner at the police precinct, he's going to take a surprising turn in season two, and that's going to be connected to that extra movement as well. And you're, you're going to see that uh, kick into gear as early as episode three of, of season two. The Major was masquerading as Sanvi's therapist. Talk about what this means for Sanvi. 
So as you saw right in the season two opener, the Major's been hard at work posing as Sanvi's therapist and really taking her time. We see in season two, episode one, that the Major is playing the long game. She's taking her time with Sanvi, trying to collect whatever information she can about not only what the passenger's abilities might be, but what Sanvi in particular has come to understand about these abilities. And uh, over the first four episodes of season two, we're going to see this arc between the Major and Sanvi grow deeper and more insidious. And that's going to blow up in a very surprising way by the end of episode four. And then that story is going to kind of sit in the background for a while, and that's going to sneak up on us in a quite startling way as we near the end of the season. The Major called out Sanvi for having feelings for Ben. Will that be explored more in season two? Uh, You know, that's a very slow burn. I know there's a lot of fans out there in the social media universe who who love that Ben-Sanvi relationship. And, uh, you know, look, Ben and Sanvi continue to be uh, incredibly close. That said, uh, there's going to be... a breaking apart of that relationship early on in the season that connects to what I was just talking about just moments ago in regard to the major story. But uh, Ben and Sanvi, let's just say, will find themselves at loggerheads. Vance is part of that as well. And the fact that Ben and Sanvi were so close in season one, and then the fact that their relationship ends up backpedaling because of this falling out that occurs in these early episodes. It's going to take a while for them to get over that, and we're going to play that out in real time. They, of course, will work it out. Um, The bond between them is too strong. For those who are hoping for, you know, some kind of romantic spark that's going to exist between Ben and Sanvi, all that I can say is, you know, Ben is at home with, uh, with a very pregnant wife and, you know, Right now is probably not the time for that. Vance is still alive. What has he been up to? Yeah, so big surprise that Vance was still out there. I was very excited to be able to uh, bring him back into our story. I hope it was uh, surprising and satisfying for uh, for the viewing audience. Though my great fear as I sit here recording this episode is that savvy viewers are going to be sitting at home, will have been sitting at home watching uh, the credits roll for episode one, and they're going to see his name in there, and they're going to remember who he is, and that's going to be its own spoiler. So, you know, now that you're listening to this, that's happened already, so I'm wondering how many of you out there saw Vance's return um, coming from three minutes in to uh, that first episode. Anyway, Vance is a big part of season two, particularly at the top of the season and the bottom of the season. I'm not going to reveal what he's been up to between the seasons, nor am I going to reveal what he's up to uh, when he kind of goes low profile again in the middle of the season, because that's going to become really significant down the line. But I've been delighted to be able to bring him back into the story and uh you know it's always fun to write scenes for him and i love watching him on screen what can we expect for zeke this season 
Yeah, so I love that relationship between Zeke and Cal. The bond between them was clear from the very beginning, right? From, from as soon as Zeke arrived on the scene. It was Cal who the Callings dispatched out into the wilderness to find Zeke at the very beginning of his story. And we saw them bonding and kind of solving mysteries together uh, over the last couple episodes of season one. That friendship will continue to evolve and deepen. And the stakes are building not only in that friendship, but also in the Zeke and Michaela relationship, because just circling back to that idea of the death date, which as I was uh, describing before, as a key story driver in season two, it's a story driver first and foremost for, for Zeke, because, you know, to remind the audience, while the passengers of flight 828 were gone for five and a half years and therefore have five and a half years to live, Zeke was gone for a year. He has one year to live. And we're going to play out the entirety of that year uh, right here in season two. So the clock is ticking for everyone, but for no no one more than, than Zeke himself. And we are going to be, you know, racing towards his death date from episode to episode throughout this season. So that impacts his relationship with Cal that impacts his relationship with uh, with Michaela, which we're going to see really uh, take off in a very strong and powerful way. For all three of them, Zeke, Cal, and Michaela, separate and apart from their friendship, there's the issue of the callings. I was speaking earlier in this conversation about these shared callings and uh, the shared callings that exist between Michaela Cal and Zeke in the early episodes of season two are really life altering for all of them because uh, it forces the three of them together in ways that just have a real big impact in all of their lives. And the crisis that we're going to be building to that's going to kind of come to that, that uh, apex in the middle of the season is going to be seen through the prism of the three of them. So keep a close eye on those friendships and on the uh, burgeoning romance between Zeke and Michaela. What should fans keep an eye out for this season? Wow, great question. Uh, so fans of the mythology of the show are going to have a lot to chew on in season two. By the time we get to episode five of season two, we are going to come to discover that the mythology of the season, the idea of the death date, whether or not the, uh, the death date can be overcome, all of those dynamics have not only been in play since the passengers returned, but we'll come to discover in episode five of Memory Serves that the mythology was even being planted through seeds that first came to fruition even while the plane was gone. Uh, and so as you're listening to this, when you think about, you know, which characters were still around, waiting around while the passengers were gone, think about, you know, who could have been receiving mythological seeds even without knowing it. Because by the time you get to five, uh, you'll start to understand that quite clearly. And what you'll also start to understand is that the very dynamic of disappearance and return may be something that exists not only for the passengers of 828, not only for Zeke, not only for Griffin, if you remember Griffin from season one, but for a uh, mythological character who may have lived centuries ago. That is something that is going to be unveiled in and around episodes five and six. It's going to carry us through the entirety of the season, and uh, we are going to come to discover that the Stone family, the passengers of 828, um, may in fact be part of a centuries long 
long phenomenon and that this may not just be a mythological one-off. In terms of what to look for in the early episodes that start teeing this up, um, just pay close attention to the callings, listen to them, watch them carefully, you know, look in the corners. And even with our other characters, as you start to discover um, what they were up to while the passengers were away, pay close attention to some of those flashbacks. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay tuned because there's more drama and mystery coming your way in season two. Thank you for listening to this episode of Manifest, the official podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and please be sure to follow Manifest on socials at NBC Manifest on all platforms. 